BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. The following production is part of the We Be Geeks Podcast Collective. From days long ago, from uncharted regions of the universe, comes a legend. The dream that came through a million years, that lived on through all the tears. It came here, the Fandom Nexus. Fabulous secret powers were revealed to our host as he plugged in his microphone. I have a podcast! Here he is, your Spider-Pan, Jeremy. Hello, hello, hello. And I know, yeah, it's it's been a little too long, I guess, since we've had an episode. This is going to be going on uh, on a third week, but it's been kind of crazy around here. But we are here. We are back. And it's time to come back to the Phantom Nexus. Oh, and hey, guess what? Lost Boy Phillips here with us. Hey, how you doing? And I, I've got some fun stuff planned. I don't have any news per se, because really, do we need to talk about news every week? Not really. But there is so much stuff that has... Uh, you know, you popped up this week, and we've got some anniversaries, some some classic films we're going to talk about. I'm going to review Luca, although it's been out a while, and but maybe not everybody sat and watched it. Uh, I even have, oh, I got to remember to pull this up. Uh, I have a review of, where's my phone anyway? I have a review of Cruella that was sent to me, and I, I've got to play it off of my phone later. But I was sent a review of Cruella because I still haven't watched it, and I don't, I don't know if I will or not. You know, when it gets off from your access, I might think about it. But yeah, so we're going to talk some. Some Cruella a little bit, some Luca, some, oh, the great Muppet Caper. Oh, yeah. 40 years. And so, of course, we're going to feature that. A few other things we'll probably talk about in the future, but we're going to at least mention them. We also have new trailers for Shang-Chi and Masters of the Universe Revelation. One of them just dropped an hour ago. So much stuff to talk about in this episode. So, I mean, come on, let's just get right on into it. How about that? All right. So, of course, we like to start out with uh, our host chatter. And I, of course, I like to start out with what have you been watching? And for me, and this was uh, and this came even highly recommended from you. I think you, we were just talking about this uh, maybe a couple weeks ago or something. It's like because you're you've got like the entire video or DVD set of all the Pink Panther movies. Yeah, uh, yeah. I have most of them. Yeah. Yeah. And you were telling me, oh, you got I, I mentioned I had never seen except for the Steve Martin remake, which was eh. and you said, oh, you got to watch these. And well, I noticed when I. I'm finally back in my master bedroom downstairs. There you go. Finally. And master so, of your universe. <laughs> so, yeah, so I can I, I have access to HBO Max again. So I got an HBO Max and I found, oh, look, here's the uh, the original from the ninth Doctor, Doctor Who season. So I started watching some Doctor Who again. 
Watch the Superman and the Animated Series, which don't let me forget. I got to talk to you about this episode of Superman I was watching this week. Good stuff. Yeah. Uh, but the Pink Panther series was all on there. So I watched the first one. And I must say, I, I, I color myself a little disappointed. <laughs> I did not like that ending. Well, that was in the 1960s. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> but I was like, because Inspector Clouseau, he's so likable. Yeah. And he's such a nice guy. And he's such a sweetheart to this lying, cheating, backstabbing woman he's married to. Which mm-hmm. wonderfully played by, I love the actress because she's in North to Alaska with John yeah, Wayne. Awesome. I recognize her. I was like, oh, hey, it's very uh, Jenny, isn't she? Yeah, very, something like that. Very yeah. attractive. I'll tell you. Which, a funny thing, actually, actually, this morning over at our classic country station, when I was working, getting everything set up, they were actually playing the song North to Do Alaska, Alaska. which oh, I didn't realize the lyrics actually tells the plot of the movie. Oh, it does. Hold yeah. Time. So I thought that was kind of cool, but I was like, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I watched it and I want, I'm going to watch the next one, but I'll, I, Boy, I really wouldn't expect a Clouseau to get his revenge. I don't want to spoil the ending, though. I mean, granted, the movie came out 1964, so... Yeah, wow. But back. if you knew what the ending was, you might be like, what? <laughs> but I felt bad for the character and the way it all ends up in the end. I, I really wanted him to get them and catch them because he was on the right track. But, oh, man... But it's it's still funny. Well, but you, I felt bad for the guy. Worry not. There is the sequel. What was it called? Uh, Shot in the dark. Shot in the dark. And then they had other sequels in the seventies. Throughout the seventies, he Return had of the Pink Panther, Return Revenge and the Revenge. All was really good. And for those who ever seen the original one, whenever he passed away, talking about the actor Peter Sellers, Peter Sellers, yeah. who was just brilliant. He's so funny. He was brilliant. And whenever he did pass away, and I can't remember if that was the Revenge or which one it was. I don't remember. There's so many. It was the la- I think I think Revenge is the last one that they made. Yeah, with him. When I was looking, yeah. And and then when they did that, they they ended up having all the actors from the original one and a few others come back mm. because he didn't get to finish the film, and so they had the villains all come back and kind of retell a lot. And but they did the best they could. Yeah. And it, but it was pretty good. Uh, they had another actor come in. Uh, was it Alan Arkin? Uh, is that who it was? Uh, they come in and I don't know. And re- <laughs> yeah, re- yeah. I don't know. But he did pretty good. I'll be honest. He, I mean, no one can, you know. Yeah, you, you, you can't replace Peter but Sellers. But he, he did his best to behave like Peter Sellers, and he's a good uh, actor too. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, yeah, he's the guy in Mash, wasn't he? Alan no, Arkin? no, you're thinking Alan Alden. Oh, right, right, right. But, Alan Arkin. Why do you uh, know who that he is? He was on Edward Scissorhands. Uh, he came oh, in. Oh, yeah. He, he, yeah, and he was in Rocketeer as well, Rocketeer, wasn't he? Rocketeer, yeah. Yes. And he's been on tons yeah. of things. He's got a brilliant, dry uh Rocketeer, way. I think that's an anniversary that's that's yeah. coming up, too. Yeah, it is. It's, in fact, it just, just passed us. Yeah, which I'm, I'd say the main thing I remember about Rocketeer, when you and I, we were just talking about this, so we're, I was picking you up. The main thing I remember is I didn't realize Jennifer Connelly was in that movie until she showed up in it. I was like, oh, look, she grew up because I tell you from Labyrinth, which, by the way, Labyrinth, 35 years ago. Uh, well, I had a biggest crush on her when I was oh, little. Man, oh, my goodness. <laughs> and it's, it, I find it very, very fun. The guy playing Vision and I forgot his name. He's actually married to her. Oh, that's awesome. I'm like, dude, you lucked out, man. Yeah, she's beautiful. So, but yes, the, my goodness. The fact is, is I loved her in The Rocketeer. Yeah, she and, was so good in that. And yeah, she, all grown and, up. And, and my goodness. And, and, and Bill she grew up well. Was it Bill? Uh, I can't think. Of Campbell was it? Uh, yes, Bill Campbell. I, I think he was outstanding in that oh, he was film. So great, which is so weird because he plays such villainous characters too. Yeah, he's good at that. And mm-hmm. so, and Timothy Dalton got a hand. Yes, address. he he was so yes. good and lovable as a villain. I mean, uh, he was he's such a great villain in that. And he was so at the time he was known as James Bond. Yeah. So that was in a couple of James Bond that. films I really didn't enjoy. No, but he did he did good for what he was given. Yeah, yeah. He was supposed to be a darker James Bond, 
And so really for what he was given, because people have to understand that when people say, well, he wasn't great. He was given the darker James Bond that they were trying to get away from the really kind of uh, like Roger Moore campiness. Yeah, campy light. (laughs) They're they're not bad films, but they're very light. So his were very dark in that sense. And so when he played in, in this film, he was a villain all and he the was way. So good. But he's so charming. Yeah, charming he's, as heck. He's perfect for the role because he's supposed to be, you know, uh, basically, well, Neville Sinclair was basically like, um, oh, the Robin Hood actor. Oh, yeah. Errol uh, Flynn. Errol he was Flynn. basically Errol Flynn. Yeah, he was. Except for an evil Nazi yes. spy. Yes. And I love how Howard Hughes is in there. Yes. Oh, and it's played by um, Dean, um, what's his last name? Oh, he's, I can picture him. He he was, uh, at the time, he was still on um, oh, Quantum Leap. Dean um Dean Stockwell? Stockwell, yeah. Yeah. He wasn't Howard Hughes. That was uh that was oh dang it. I'm gonna look him up. Oh wait, 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 wait. I'm thinking yeah. of another film that he played. You're thinking that. of a different guy because yeah. yes, Dean Stockwell I'm, was in Quantum Leap. I'm he thinking of the, him. I'm thinking of the, I'm thinking of the movie Tucker, where he played I haven't seen Tucker. Yeah, he played Howard Hughes on that. Ah. Uh, I apologize. I'm misspeaking here. Let me look up that because I know the actor who played Howard Hughes. Oh, he's Hughes. on tons of stuff. Yeah, I'm sorry. I misspoke of the, another film. <laughs> there we go. Because yeah, um, oh, he was on Tombstone. Malcolm was in this one as well. Yeah. Let's see here. Uh, na, 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 there he na, is. Um, oh, where is he? Terry O'Quinn. There he is. Yeah, he's on tons of things. Oh, so much. Well, he was on um, Lost. He was on the. Um, I didn't watch that. Yeah, he was on the show Lost, and um, he was he's been on um, Tombstone. He's on lots of good shows. Uh, IMDb has uh, changed their uh, format here. This is kind of handy. They got nice, uh, like, better ways you can pick a picture. Paul Servino was great in that movie. Oh, yeah. Well, Paul Servino. Oh, just, he's, he's just great anyway. He's great. Joan Polito. Yeah. Oh, a lot of great people. Just tremendous. Eddie Jones, though, was Malcolm. Eddie Jones, I believe, was in, like, uh, Crawl. Yeah, there's a lot of great uh, A lot of stuff. There. He played the old man in there. Well, oh, he, my goodness. he played on a, um, what was it called? Uh, uh, Clark, Lois and Clark. Really? Yeah. He, Who was it, he? Uh, if I'm not mistaken, if we're talking about the right guy, he was the one who was going to be the clown in this movie. Yeah, and he was the clown. Yeah, um, he was. Um, right, but... He was. Um, oh, Jonathan Kent. Really? Yeah. I'm oh, about. perfect. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure. Oh no, I don't see it here though. I I thought he was also. Well, there is a guy with a similar name, but he was. I guess he's a British actor who was in Kroll, but I don't see it uh, here. So I think it was a different guy with the same. He's been a lot of stuff. So yeah, there's a lot of acting credits, but yeah, because he he was good at being that old father. He could also be scary. Guy. He was on a film uh, that I really really like uh, called uh, Oh, I can't think of the name of it right now. Yeah, but he was scary in that. Oh one. <laughs> yeah, uh, Sneakers, and uh, Sneakers. He played. Uh, that's a great movie, full of great people. Uh, Robert Robert Redford and lots of great actors. Mm. Anyway, he was basically a hitman, and he was terrifying in that movie. Mm. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's weird when you see a character who's such a nice guy, and you see a, and they suddenly become villainous. I was actually watching a video this week where a guy was doing a retrospective on RoboCop, and the guy who played Dick Jones, uh-huh. that guy was known for playing such nice guy characters. That was the first villain role he'd ever played, oh. and he was so good at it that it was it was kind of terrifying. He was so mean. Yeah, maybe so. that's what's so good about it is that you're not used to it, and so you don't expect it. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, so the other thing I've, I've listened is what I've been watching. Of course, I've been watching Loki. Now, uh, I haven't watched the newest one, but okay, well, I won't spoil the first episode. Okay, that that third episode, I must say, was very seemed very weak to me when I was watching mm. it, and I considered it to be a filler because it didn't seem to move the story forward. However, when we get to the fourth episode, the third episode gets 
kind of redeemed. So it's like, oh, and it seems we are getting very close to Kang the Conqueror. Oh, good. I've been waiting for him. It's, it seems to be coming. I, they seem to be building to it. I don't want to say how or why, because you haven't seen the fourth, uh, fourth episode. There is one thing that kind of concerned me, and I was worried it was going to you know, become a thing. I have an issue when uh, someone's agenda interferes with the good storytelling because they're so concerned with the agenda. And I was afraid that's what happened to the third episode. It was just revolved so much not around the story, but for the agenda of the director, because we had this tweet that went around from Kate Heron. The, the, the tweets, let me read this directly. She's the director of Loki, says, From the moment I joined at Loki Official, it was very important to me and my goal to acknowledge Loki was bisexual. It is uh, a part of who he is and who I am, too. I know this is a small step, but I'm happy and heart is so full to say that this is now canon in hashtag MCU. So it seems her focus was on Loki being bisexual and not on telling a good story. And that can ruin a series. That's ruined a lot of CW shows I used to watch when somebody's yeah. personal agenda yeah. gets too involved. And I was worried that was going to happen when it seemed like this the third episode revolved more around that little bit of conversation. I was like, I really? So this was a filler episode for that? But it was redeemed, actually, in the fourth episode that, no, the third episode has actually been important and it actually helps move things along for the fourth episode. Yeah. So... I'm I'm kind of glad because I was like, oh, don't tell me. We're, are we going to go down that road and ruin the series because we're so focused on that that we're not going to tell a good story? And Bad Batch, I feel like it's starting to wrap up. I haven't watched if there's a new episode out today, but Bad Batch is just keep oh, getting yeah. better. That's a great oh, show. my goodness. I love it. I love it. I love it. Especially, I don't know what Fennec's up to. Yeah. I, I, I'm completely floored. Which, oh, uh, Ming, uh, Ming-Na, uh, when, actually shared, they've got a Lego figure of Fennec now. That oh, she was showing, like, it's like, I'm a Lego. And I'm like, yay. <laughs> It's That's cute. like I would love to have a Lego made of me. <laughs> that would be so great. <laughs> I want an action great. figure of myself, really. But a Lego of me? Come on. Oh, you just be cool. You may have one. You may not even Who knows? realize it. Somebody out there may love me so much. I know it's you. I know. I'm talking directly to you now. You're the one that's going to make that Lego figure. I know you want to do it. Just make it. Make it happen. Oh, what if I told you that I started one years ago, an uh, action figure of you? <laughs> of course you did. And, and I, I never got to finish it, but I'm going to. I actually made a two-pack of you and John Cena together. Oh, no. <laughs> it, just uh, so you all know, Jeremy is not a John Cena fan. No, I am and, not. And so I made a two-pack uh, of wrestlers of him and John Cena. <laughs> he always teams me with John Cena when he makes a, me on a wrestling game, too. <laughs> the Cena nights. <laughs> uh, well, speaking of what you've been playing, so you've actually been working on that, trying to get your characters a bit remade. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I've actually still been playing Animal Crossing. Oh, and this, now that we're in July... I love the thing that's great about Animal Crossing is new things pop up for you to catch and see and do every month and every season. We got in July and there were cicadas and different kinds of cicadas all over the place. I was catching cicadas. I caught a puffer fish today. Lots of new things. Having a lot of fun playing Animal Crossing and in Red Dead Redemption 2. I feel like I'm finally becoming the well honorable bad guy because you can't help it. You're you're a villain. I mean, you're you're a crook. You know, yeah, you're I part mean, of a gang, you know, you do bad things. And but uh, you get honor points by <laughs> contributing to the camp where your gang is hiding out. And we did this big bank robbery thing. And I came out with over two thousand dollars and I put that two thousand dollars right into the camp funds. And my honor is way up there now. I think it's funny that you use the words like honor with robbing. Well, no, because you have an honor. <laughs> you, you have like an honor that's like you're either kind of leaning good or oh, bad. And it'll affect the way other people will treat you. Uh, in the game and a lot of other results of stuff. Uh, so I, but 
As, as it says in Rick and Ralph, just because you are a bad guy does, does not mean, mean you, you are, are a bad, bad guy. guy. <laughs> and that's exactly the way I'm playing it. I'm not a bad person. I'm just a villain. <laughs> I, when I do a story mission, occasionally we're robbing a bank or robbing a train. You know, it's old West fantasy, right? You yeah, know, maybe the maybe the bank owner is the bad guy. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Yeah, they're all part of that capitalist system we're supposed to be yeah, tearing down, right? Yeah, yeah. Maybe you're the Robin Hood. <sighs> yeah. Well, we ain't giving nothing to the poor. <laughs> Except for anyone who's in our camp, I guess. You know, oh, we're, you go. we're pretty poor, I guess. Poor, poor guy. <laughs> uh, but as we mentioned, 35 years of Labyrinth and 50 years of Willy Wonka. I bet we're gonna have some upcoming episodes where we're gonna have to sit and talk about these movies individually for these anniversaries this year. I do still I've been planning this for a long time, but I was waiting until I got the second microphone. Philip's got a microphone I've bought for him now, all for himself over here. And we'll get all three of us because Eric finally got a chance to watch Tombstone, which, yes, was a Disney release. Yes, it's an R-rated movie, but this is the Phantom Nexus now. It's not the old classic Neverland. I will talk about an R-rated film if, you know, it's connected to something or if it's just really, really good. And Tombstone is tremendous, a tremendous film. And it was made through a Disney company, yeah. uh, Hollywood Pictures. Mm -hmm. So we're going to talk about that one at another point. Now, as I mentioned... I don't have any news, but I we are going to visit the trailer park. Oh, but be, before we hit the thing for the trailer park, uh, isn't there another anniversary movie? Yes, uh, the anniversary of Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves just happened uh, not very long ago, just a couple yeah. weeks ago, and I, I, I just watched it, actually. I you know, haven't seen that in a while, but you, you and I, we went to the theater together. Oh, yeah. I remember going to the theater, where, and then I saw it again at the drive-in. Were you with me at the drive-in, too? Yes. Yeah, because we, we said after vacation Bible school, we'd always go to movie. Yeah, we I think would. we went because that's when my mom and my dad and everybody got to see yeah, Robin Prince of Thieves. Loved it. So, but speaking of movies in the theaters, uh, it's time to go to the trailer park. Mama, now the gator got in the house. Now the gator? Give me that shovel. Come here. Get him, Mama. Get that gator. The Neverland Trailer Park. Now, I know you're really jonesing to see that Master of the Universe Revelations trailer that just came out about an hour ago or so. You bet. But, you know, doing everything in the order that it came out, we got a new trailer about a week ago for Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Throughout my life, the Ten Rings gave our family power. If you want them to be yours one day, you have to show me you are strong enough to carry them. You are a product of all who came before you. The legacy of your family. You are your mother. And whether you like it or not, you are also your father. I told my men they wouldn't be able to kill you if they tried. Glad I was right. You're just a criminal who murders people. Be careful how you speak to me, boy. Is this what you wanted? 
this. Thank you. That was Fin Fang Foom, I believe. That there was the so end. Woo! I'm looking forward to that. Yes, this is going to be so awesome. So this, of course, Shang-Chi is son of the Mandarin. Mandarin, of course, what, has his ten was rings. Was uh, oh, what's the name? In, uh, at the end there, was that uh, uh, Annihilus uh, or whatever his name was? Uh, oh, Abomination. Abomination. Like Abomination. Look, Dome, Abomination. It? The way they had it from the Hulk movie. Yeah. Oh, well, they need to bring some of those characters back. I still yeah. want the leader. I still want the Me leader too. in the movie. I want to see a Hulk movie again. Now that they've had those movies, I want to see the Hulk now, movie again. The problem is a solo Hulk movie is still owned by Universal. So Disney doesn't oh. want to do it. Because they wouldn't be the ones releasing it and getting all the all of them. They want all the money and not just a share. Uh, so that's a bit of a problem. But, you know, they could still bring the leader in and have not be a solo Hulk movie. It could be an Avengers movie of some sort and the leader can be a part of it. Maybe he can join in with King the Conqueror. That would, that would be pretty cool. But so this movie still looks fantastic. We're, the, the Ten Rings, though, it's interesting. They're not finger rings. They're like bracelet yeah, rings up the yeah. arms. That's neat to see because I was curious. I kept thinking it was going to be finger rings. Yeah, kind of like the Mandarin we expect. But at least we're getting a real Mandarin and not the Iron Man 3 knockoff, not quite the Mandarin. Which I didn't know. I, I was, this is, I don't mean this to sound cruel because I love the actor they had. You ben, know, Kingsley ben Kingsley is great. But <clears throat> I was disappointed in that film. Not in the film, but in that part of it because... That's not the one I always loved. The, yeah. the, for the but then whenever they brought out the, what was it Thor two, was that the one that what? they had that little short in there? That, oh, you know I still haven't seen that short the where where well, uh, the I've uh, seen the bits guy goes of it, to prison. But I have it, but I haven't seen all. I've of that. probably got it. And I just, so well, no, I don't own Thor two because I do. Thor the Dark World was kind of. Eh. But if you want to come over, we can watch it. And I need to come over and watch Johnny Tremaine. Oh, yeah. Fourth of July yeah. weekend, yeah, brother. Let's do it. Let's do it. I don't know when I'm going to have time. Well, we'll do it. We'll do it. I need to watch that because you keep telling me it's oh, a dude, great I'm film. Telling you, it I is. could order it from the Disney Movie Club. I should think about it. It's good. Because, yeah, I, you've been telling Disney me about that movie for years, man. But yeah, Shang-Chi looks great. It's coming September 3rd, only in theaters, brother. Oh, we got to go see Woo! it. Woo! So it's an actual movie, not a series. Right. Oh, Shang-Chi, wow. a series, a, a, a movie. Let's go uh, see hopefully it. a series of movies. We <clears throat> totally got to go. I mean, this looks awesome. Uh, and it's plus, it looks like it's going to be like a very kung fu movie. And oh, a lot of unknown actors, which is great because I get to learn new actors and enjoy new people. And and quite honestly, sometimes the only problem with having, now don't get me wrong, I love the legendary actors. But the mm -hmm. only problem with, with when you only have legendary actors, I don't mind one or two in there. But when you only have legendary actors, it doesn't open the doorway for newer actors either. So that's true. That's true. All right. But we do have another trailer and we'll check it out here right now. OK, so are you ready for this? I was born ready. All right. Here we go. Master of the Universe Revelations, a full trailer, not just a teaser, a full trailer. <laughs> Magic gave birth to Eternia. The first planet in all of creation. But now their magic is gone. And without magic, Eternia will rot and die. And as goes Eternia, so goes the entire universe. I built a life of truth. Away from magic. And now you want me to save magic? If I don't do this, everybody dies. No! Whatever became of Eternia 
face it. Together, no one else dies. But the sword of power was destroyed. Not destroyed. Divided. Whether you serve Grayskull or Snake Mountain, we all gotta work together now. Or else Eternia dies. What were we ever fighting for? Being a hero swallows you whole. Well, that's a risk I'm willing to take. Still know the tune? Some things you can never forget. So what we seem to have learned here <laughs> is because all right, so there's apparently a cataclysmic battle, and through the concept of this, Tila finds out finally that Adam has been He-Man the whole time, and she's upset about that. But also, it looks to me that something it goes so bad that He-Man decides we can't have this fight thing keep going on. We keep fighting over the sword, and He-Man tears the sword in two. I'm looking forward to this. You know, there's been a lot of goof. Pardon me, everybody's to their own opinion, but. There's a lot of people who made so many assumptions over a teaser, yeah, which is never the wise thing to do. And there was supposedly something, a synopsis yeah. from Netflix saying this is about Tila bringing, and it is. It appears to be Tila about opener, bringing them back together. The but, opener, the yeah. they're talking about the opening episode, and people kept jumping in with their own opinion, thinking that this show is all about Tila, not about He Man. And I've seen that so many times now. This show is going to be all about Tila. And well, she is the main in, in, in part one. In part one, it first, is it's very much a Tila. The, the the first episode about her apparently first part because part one will be a few episodes. Yeah, and then we'll have about another part having to get so He Man back into it. But it's yeah. not going to be all about Tila. It's going to be about getting He Man. He's still the main yeah. source. And also, from what I was reading, what's going to be great is the first episode. Is going to be based in the very beginning of it, at least. It's going to look similar to the old show, and yeah, and and that in style and everything. And then something's going to happen. Something big is going to happen. That's going to change it all. And I'm cataclysmic battle apparently, yeah. where it's all, and, and that's the point where He Man's going to make the decision that the sword must be, which is very much like the old toy and the old story. Yes, we're and, getting back to the split sword, and I like it because because yes. it, of course, you know, we who are. Ridiculous fans. <laughs> I say ridiculous fans because ridiculous. Folks, I'm actually wearing a tank top right now that looks like He-Man. I mean, I'm not kidding you. I'm wearing the chest of He-Man yeah. in the back and everything. I have the He-Man breastplate and everything on me. It, the harness. The harness. The harness. The harness. So I'm a goofball. But the thing is, I love He-Man. I always have. I have almost, uh, so many of the old toys and things. I'm, I'm getting all the new toys. Yeah, and I have <laughs> some of those like too. Anyway. I have some of those too. I mean, I, I'm, I'm goof. But yeah. I like it. Yeah, I'm I'm very excited for this. It's premiering uh, this month, later this month. Yeah. Uh, We're excited. I should have looked at I think it's like the 23rd. 23rd or something like 16th. I think it's the 23rd. Uh, it's like the, on a Friday. It's coming know. up very, very soon. I just know I'm excited because yeah. I have so much of the old stuff and love it. Yes. 
I'm very excited to see where this is going. Uh, you know what I like? Because I was even watching, uh, you you were the first one that told me about this, and I was actually just watching some videos from Spectre Creative on YouTube yeah, where he's, he's talking about, because you had told me about that it turns out Fisto was Tilo's father yeah. and had been married to the Sorceress yeah. before, you know, at some point. I and I was wondering, like, well, how come he this. doesn't know? Uh, apparently, Fisto, the injuries that injured him so badly where he lost his arm, yeah. he lost all his memories. He doesn't even realize that Tila's his daughter. Yeah. I would love to see that come back into play yeah, he and would, have Fisto remember or whatever and find and out that Tila's a, his daughter and that apparently a brother with yeah, yes. brother with man at arms, which, which makes is why sense. man at arms you know took her in. He's and, actually uncle, but he raised Tila as his own. And their their facial hair and all looks similar. Yes. They look similar to one another. But I want to see that story brought around. Yeah, me too. It'd be great. And, and I love the idea with Tila rejecting, we're trying to get rid of all magic, that she's got to face her destiny, that she's the daughter of the sorceress. Yeah. And it is her She's next in line. Yeah. She's got to become the sorceress. So she has to embrace the magic and become the most powerful in magic on the on Eternia. Well, the story is very interesting so, because ooh, <laughs> magic, so magic gets involved and as does mechanics and all that in this world. It's very unique. If you're I suggest watch Inspector Creative because this guy. Yeah, he's he used to work for Mattel and, all, mm -hmm. and some other toy companies. And he put a lot of the stories and stuff together, so he, yeah. he knows a with lot. Like, of that. Well, yeah, with the the Mike Young series yeah. and that second toy line, he was one of the main creatives on putting the stories and so, he's pretty great yeah. yeah so you can learn a lot of different stuff but i was glad he finally had a couple of videos he had a he went in depth on man at arms and it had actually had another video where you know kind of explained a little bit of because i was wondering well how come fisto doesn't know this and how come they never did it it's like well fisto lost all memories that yeah. he even had a daughter and was married to the sorceress and so I'm I'm hoping this comes around because he, I mean it's revelation. Is Tila learning about who that Adam was he met? I want Tila to find out that Fisto's her father and, and I want I want to see it all. What I love about him too is he'll tell you all the uh, the knowledge of Hordak the character and then Hordak the toy. He'll go through and explain the difference yeah. between the two. That Hordak the toy, of course, we always wondered when you when I was a kid and I got Hordak the toy, and I actually bought that with my allowance. So you used to get five dollars, and that's how much they cost. So I used to get Hordak the toy. It didn't say She-Ra. It said. He-Man and the Masters of the Universe on there. Well, it said Masters of the Universe. So you got that, Masters of the Universe. Uh, with, that was Hordak. Yeah. But yet on the cartoon, it was from She-Ra. Right. Well, she needed a good villain. And yeah, and they didn't really one. have one. So they I've read a, the mini-comic now that I have yeah. that book. They, oh, it was not good. No. They needed to retool She-Ra entirely or that would never have taken off. Originally, uh, there was going to have where Hordak was going to be the new big baddie for He-Man. Yeah, because he was like the original big, other than the Snake Man, he was like one of the original big baddies. He's the one that made Skeletor That's into right. Skeletor. And there's even a bigger big baddie than even Hordak that, that he Horn has Prime. to, Horde Prime, yeah. and he has to answer him. Yeah. They did finally make a toy of that. They uh, did. They did. Not not of the old, but of the newer toys when they were making the big, They it was mm -hmm. one of the big deals where he, he's kind of a combination of Hordak with a few other things. Anyway. Nice. Yeah. It's pretty cool. <laughs> nice. And oh, I would love to see them get back to having Hordak. And there's there's been people have, there have been some basically some fan images where people have been like, oh, hey, could, could she maybe show up in this new series? Yeah, sometime? they, could, they could, now have could we, could they we? now have a I'm assuming eventually because it would be really cool now that they have all the rice of them again. Yes, For a while, they didn't have the rice to Fisto. That's why in the secondary series back in the early millennium, they had to call him Iron something. Or I don't remember really? what it was because because wow. Fisto was owned by uh, Hasbro because of. Kit Fisto. Oh, <laughs> wow. Who'd have thought? Isn't that funny? <laughs> Golly. <laughs> but this is debuting very, very soon, and I'm 
I'm very, very, very excited. But we do have a movie review. All right, so as it stands, I do not have my old bumpers that I used to use for movie reviews. So we're just going to get right into it. And the first review I have is of Cruella from The Real Brian from The Real Brian Show, which you can find uh, online. Just, you know, realbrianshow.com. Uh, you can check out his show. It's a, it's a good show. You'll like it. But anyways, here is his review of Cruella. I finished Cruella. I thought, well, first of all, it was better than I expected. I mean, absolutely hands down. I, I was not expecting that at all. It was a prequel, so that was interesting. I actually think that it started off really, really well. In fact, the first maybe third to half, well, the first third of the movie was really, really good. I really enjoyed it. Then it kind of went off on like kind of weird Disney antics, you know? They do this a lot with animated movies where it's just a lot of random, unrealistic action and not a lot really developing the story and just kind of like, uh, okay. I mean, it wasn't bad, but there was a lot of that for a little while, but then, you know, it was a good story. It was kind of interesting. And then I thought it ended really, really well too. So it's worth watching by far. Uh, and it's nice because, you know, you, you don't have anything really to compare it to because you can't compare it to 101 Dalmatians because it's a prequel. So I think it was kind of cool. I think they did a really good job. The acting was phenomenal. I was actually blown away how, how really, really good the acting was. I mean, Emma Thompson is always amazing. Um, everybody else, the supporting cast did a really good job, but uh, what is her name? Oh my gosh, I'm totally spacing her name. Emma, no, what? Oh my gosh. I can never remember her name. Anyway, the girl, the main girl that plays Corella, you know, she was in La La Land and all that. I'm totally spacing her name. But anyway, her, she was fabulous. I mean, absolutely smashing, incredible performance, did a spectacular job. So she really got to use her acting chops. Did I mean just so good? So that was that was phenomenal. She deserves an award for that. I was really impressed. But anyway, that's my thoughts. And now we will have a review for Luca, which came uh, onto Disney Plus. I think it's in theaters as well. This is Pixar's latest film. Uh, I need to have the director's full name. His last name is Casarosa, and uh, Luca is in Italian. It's set in Italy. It's a coming mm -hmm. of age story. Uh, he actually. This is the, the director of La Luna, which was a, it was a, a Academy Award nominated short film, and it's a Pixar one as well. That's a, it's really really. Have you seen La Luna? I, I think I have. Yeah. Oh, it's it's super charming. It's where they're on the moon and they're kind of cleaning the stars up. Yeah, I saw uh, that. Stuff. It is a very wonderful little uh, thing. Uh, and what's fun is in the credits you'll see them actually acknowledge they all had to. They were still working on this during COVID, uh -huh. and uh, so you know they were talking about working in their flip flops or something or their their. Um, Slippers and stuff like that. There's a nice little thing. But uh, Casarosa said this is a deeply personal story and it's inspired actually by his own childhood in Genoa, Italy. And the title character is actually based on himself and Alberto on his best friend, Alberto Saras, who actually voices as a fisherman in the Italian dubbed version of the film. Huh. And But he says his summers were spent on beaches and he met his best friend when he was 11. He was a really shy kid and found this troublemaker kid who had a completely different life. And he wanted to make a movie about these kinds of friendships. Uh, to help you grow up, and really, uh, you've you've only watched so far into the movie, but yeah. it is a tale of friendship uh, from the whole thing. And you have even one character who's uh, who's got some serious abandonment issues that will come into play. You haven't gotten to that point, but it is a big celebration of friendship. Now there are people that during this month have wanted to celebrate it, and they're taking a different meaning out of stuff. But that was not the intention of the filmmakers. But if they, as long as they're enjoying the film, whatever, you enjoy the film. I'm not even going to get into no. uh, that because it's not what the intention of the filmmakers was. 
Uh, but there is some uh, homage to Federico Fellini and some uh, classic uh, Italian filmmakers. And instead, there's a dash of Miyazaki in there, or Miyazaki. I never know how to say that guy's name right, but you know, yeah, Miyazaki, was, you know, from yeah. like The Seven Samurai and all kinds of stuff that even inspired George Lucas. Uh, so there's a lot. And he even mentioned Stand By Me from 1986, mm, yeah. uh, which is, I believe, a Stephen King film. Stephen King film, yeah. Yeah, which I remember watching <laughs> once, and I don't want to watch the the puking scene anymore. It's a good movie, though. I'll, <laughs> yeah, I'll I mean, watch but it it's, a lot. it's that friendship thing, this story yeah. of friendship. Friendship is very which important. apparently people forget that boys and men, you know, we can be friends, and that doesn't mean there's anything more. It means we're friends. So like, I can be friends even with women. And yeah. that doesn't mean there's anything else in there. That's what the, and I'm using Greek here. It's phileo love. Yeah. It's, it's a brotherhood a, love. Yeah, it is. That's, phileo. That's what, that, phileo. Phileo. Yeah. However you Where say we get the word Philadelphia. Yeah. The phileo. city of brotherly, right. brotherly love. And it's, it's um, you know, I, I say this a lot because I'm sure many of you know already, but I'm a pastor. So every year I use the different types of love. Uh, agape is godly love. And phileo love uh, is the type of love for friendship and family. Mm -hmm. And then eros, and that is the romantic. Yeah. Uh, but all that being said, it's important to have friendly love. And yeah. I, I've been best friends with my uh, friend Seth, uh, who I talk with. He's been since we were five years old. And we, we're still together. And when we were about 11 is when we really grew, grew close. And then uh, me and Jeremy have been friends since we were about nine and, and eight, nine. Uh, Seven. Yeah, I was, I was your, about eight, your, nine years old. Your, your yeah. father became my pastor. And then uh, we grew really, really close when he was 11 and I was 12 mm -hmm. is when we grew the closest. And so that's my point is that, you know, people grow close when they're yeah. in those ages. It's important. And it's nice to be able to keep those people around. Yeah. I must say. You need them. So uh, other things, though, there's um, they got some artists to go to the Italian Riviera, awesome. by the way, for research. You for can this see film. it in the video. Uh, you, oh, the, the style of the movie. I really yeah. like the look of everything. You were, you were saying you weren't really that fond of the character designs. The character designs are very, very rounded eyes. Yeah. It's very stylistic. Uh, the film is rooted in the 50s and 60s, yeah, which is like that. a golden age. That feels timeless, they're saying. Uh, and they even talk about, you know, sea monsters being featured in the film were pulled from Italian myths and regional folklore, which is inter interesting because when I was first seeing this, I thought they're supposed to be like mermen, but no, there's like sea monsters. Yeah. And a lot of the storyline revolves around, um, you know, Alberto and Luca being sea monsters. And it is very similar at the beginning to The Little Mermaid, where you have uh, Luca's family is very much, oh, you don't want to go up to the surface there. Oh, they'll, they'll yeah. destroy you. And. So there is also a part of story of, you know, we're hiding the fact that we're sea monsters, but we also want to be able to be here amongst the humans because, you know, we're not that different. Uh, so there's a lot of interesting things, but the, the overall theme is that friendship and how that friendship grows and, you know, what, what happens over the course of the summer. And it's a very, it, it's Pixar, it goes straight for the feels. Yeah. For anyone, if you've had those childhood friends, especially if you still have them. It goes right in there for the kill, right in there. Uh, so I I really enjoy this film. And it even has a platonic relationship with a girl that's in there, that she's a major character. And it, they all get together for this kind of a, not a decathlon, it's a, more of a triathlon of events for the kids. And you've got a swimming, a bike race, and eating pasta. <laughs> and unfortunately, you have to eat the pasta before you go on the bike ride. And this You'll one girl, get sick. <laughs> she's, yeah, she's attempted to do this race and multiple times by herself, but she'd eat the pasta, then get on the bike and get sick. So she can now, she, they put together a team, and I won't tell you what happens because Philip hasn't watched all of it yet, but they put together a team to go and win this bike race uh, to kind of basically fulfill some dreams that they have, and I don't want to get into that because I don't want to spoil anything. 
But uh, Casa Rosa also stated the sea monster is a metaphor for feeling different because we all kind of feel different in our own way. Uh, we're all kind of unique things, and some of us probably feel a little bit more different than others. Maybe. Uh, so, but we all can relate to that feeling just a little different, maybe a little misunderstood. Uh, but I found this film, Enrico Casarosa. There we go. There's his first name. This is directorial debut. I really enjoyed this. Uh, the cast was great. This is voice of Jacob Tremblay, Jack Dylan Grazer, Emma Berman, Saverio Romano, Maya Rudolph, which I'm familiar with him. But what got me, Jim Gaffigan. Did you recognize yeah. his voice as Lucas Father? Yeah. That was awesome. Jim Gaffigan in there, which is funny, you know, old pale face Irish guy, I think that he is. Yeah. <laughs> he gets to be playing Italian sea monster character. But uh, really a fantastic movie. I definitely recommend it. See it in the theater. Watch it on Disney+. Plus. Uh, they actually apparently did do a limited run at the El Capitan Theater. I don't know if that's still going on right now. Uh, but uh, it's really, I really, really enjoy it. Really, really great film. But, you know, the sound, if I still have it, which I don't think I have the sound clip anymore. It was taken from The Great Muppet Caper, the sound clip for a movie review that I was using. And The Great Muppet Caper, 40 years ago. I'm old. I feel very old because I feel old. I remember seeing that at the theater. I didn't see it in the theater, but I saw it on cable over and up. Like every time it was on on HBO, man, I was watching this. It's movie. one of my earliest memories. Of, uh, oh, I remember seeing the the original one at the theater, barely. But I, yeah, I, mean, I didn't see that one at the theater either. But I remember being seeing Great Muppet Keeper a Caper at the theater, and I was very excited. I remember them all being in the balloons. Yes, and uh, I remember going to uh, McDonald's with my grandmother. And my grandmother was so wonderful. She would take me to wherever they had the cups, and yeah, she would take me glasses. to them. Yeah, I have a complete set of yeah, them. Awesome. Things. Oh yes, and I have a couple because of you. Yeah. And uh, but I remember her getting me the cups, and it was the one where they had the balloons. And yeah. I I remember that, and she was. I remember eating the French fries, and she was talking about uh, that was a good movie, wasn't it? I said, I said, sure was, and she she says. I really like that frog, she said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Then my grandma would always yeah. make things special that and way. As, and as hopefully I, I should have I should have made sure you were ready to be queued up for this. But of course the plot around the Great Muppet Caper is a jewel heist where the Muppets attempt to catch the criminals red handed. Red hand <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, uh, see, I, I know I, I should have got it. you ready. I got those I should have prepared you so you know what to you know what to say. I, for, I, for, I haven't seen it in a while. What color are their hands now? Oh I yes. I'm sorry. The running joke. I forgot all about the, uh, you know, the gag. Yes, uh, and it's usually always Beauregard gets to say it. What color are their hands? No. no. But it's like the running gag, sort of like in the first one where they have, that's a myth, a myth. Yes. <laughs> you know, I love that they keep doing that because they keep having the jokes about, you know, frogs will give you awards. That's a myth, a myth. Yes. <laughs> uh, so it's, it's great to have this uh, running gag going on throughout the film. And I should have prepared you that I was going to, hey, remember, because that's, I hadn't heard. I hadn't uh, got to see it in a while. It's been I, about I watched ten it years. Weekend. I used to have the soundtrack. We had a record. Yeah, of me, the soundtrack. we did too. Loved the sound. I need to buy myself a fresh copy of it. I mean, I've got some of the songs because I've got like a, a Muppet Show collection yeah. CD that has some of the songs off of all the movies up to that point up through Muppets from Space. Uh, just oh, great, great movie. I have a lot of great memories of watching it, and even watching it now, it is still funny as heck. Yeah. I, I always enjoyed watching, especially the beginning, the the first uh, scene where they're all singing and everything. Yes, hey, a movie. Yeah, that. Yeah, that, is there any way to stop it? Yeah, that, that was like my favorite part. <laughs> hey, a movie. I love yeah. that part, and, and I love we when they're in the hotel. Charles Grodin, who just passed away. Charles Grodin, yes. <sighs> Charles Grodin was great in that. He was so a, great. Such a good villain. 
And, and it's so goofy because you know it's him. I you mean, know the it's whole him time. the whole time because and me, you know, like said it. And then and you got well, Lady Holiday is talking about her brother Nikki, that parasite, and all that. And he goes through this whole thing, basically calling him the bad guy and Miss Piggy, you know, saying like, well, "Was that all that necessary?" Well, it's exposition; it has to go in here somewhere, you know. <laughs> but like, even in, in, in Nikki Holiday's his his office is labeled as parasite. <laughs> yeah. But it's for kids, and so you know it's for families and, and animal. I love animal. He's, He's so upset great. about not seeing them, about missing the. Well, it's Monet on the soundtrack, but in yeah. the movie, it's like um, uh, it's a Rembrandt, and he goes Renoir. You know? Yeah, he's great. I love in the first movie when he gets big and he yes. he, uh, he outgrows the things and boom, he's just busting out through. Yes, <laughs> and and in the in the very first of this film, I love when you see. I, I think it's uh, uh, is it. Oh, um, not Grover. I'm thinking the wrong one. Um, Gonzo. Gonzo. Oh, ha- hanging I love from Gonzo. the hanging from the balloon. Or was that what the one? Uh, well, no, that was the first one. He was hanging from balloons in the first oh. film. But uh, he does talk about. I love in the beginning. He's like, you know, where uh, Gonzo's looking down from the air balloon while they're doing the credits, yeah. and he's like, "Golly, you wouldn't be this would be fun without the balloon." Uh, <laughs> what do you think you'd call that? And Kermit's like, "That's what you call plummeting." Wow, I'd really like to try that. Well, I, well, I, I think you could try it once, you know. <laughs> yeah. But this is where they really establish Gonzo as being a, like loving pain. Yeah. Because he gets he gets his nose stuck in the elevator, and he's like, "Hey, Fozzie, you gotta come try this. It's really fun, you know." Yeah. And then it's great when he throws himself in front of the taxi cab. It's like, "Hey, that was great, Gonzo." Yeah, it's even better when it works. You know, like he's trying to get hit by a cab. So this is the movie that made me love Gonzo. Well, he is Gonzo. Nuts yes, a little bit. you know, because and in the Muppet Show, he's fun and he's adorable. You love him, but he's he's the artiste and he does weird things because he's trying to be avant garde. Now he's just crazy he's nuts, and he's more fun. And I, I, of course, I love Gonzo in the first one, but I actually saw Great Muppet Caper first before I saw the Muppet. Oh, did movie. you? Yes, because it was on HBO, and I watched the heck out of Great Muppet. I also love, and I can't remember his name, but the taxi driver, uh, Beauregard. Beauregard, yes. I really like him. He's our guy. What good are their heads now? Him, I love him. Yes, love Beauregard. He, he was, he's so much fun. Uh, I love the way he. It's funny with me as a, as a kid when I see the the Muppets. I love the texture looks and stuff. Yeah, and, that felt that kinda... felt looking thing. And I was the same way about uh, oh, uh, a Rover and uh, and all these different characters and, uh, and I mean Rolf. I, Rolf, I mean, <laughs> and I, I don't know. My brain's going weird, but I love Rolf. Rolf had this look about him, and you could see the different textures and the different feels. Yeah. I love Rolf. But Rolf was hilarious. Yeah, he was. You know, him. he's the oldest of all the characters. Yes, he was around the nineteen fifties. Yeah, and, and he did that, and then he was on the old show. And then Kermit. Well, what, unless you consider, I guess Kermit, there was a lizard back when he was doing just a local yeah, show. He yeah, had a lizard. He did. That eventually and, and Kermit, Kermit. Kermit. Yeah, he came around. And he was on the old uh, Sam show. Yeah, Sam and uh, Sam and friends. Sam and friends. Sam and friends. And which and, came from like Jim Henson when he was doing yeah. something on local television and stuff. Yeah, there was really great just documentary a sock. on YouTube. He was a sock originally. A little sock. Yeah. So just uh, Jim Henson. And this was actually the first time Jim Henson actually had directed a film was The Great Muppet Cake. Is that right? Yes. Says so right there. <laughs> I, look, I, yeah. went, I did my research on this. Well, and I had on you. But you know, what's funny was talking about the look of the Muppets. I love the joke of like Kermit and Fozzie being twins that they do in this. Oh, but, yes. But I love yeah, they're on the funny. plane. I about that. And uh, when like uh, they're like, you know, they're talking was like Fozzie's cold or something. And it's like, which oh, one of us is the one with that. the fur? And Fozzie, that's you with the fur. Oh, I keep forgetting, you know, yeah, like, like Kermit that. has fur, which is funny because 
him being a felt puppet, he does look furry. Yeah, he does. He doesn't look amphibious. Okay, no, not really. Yeah. But it's just it's just funny that little gag. I was like, that's almost like a wink and a nod. It's like, yeah, we know Kermit's actually got a little fuzz on him. Yeah, he's a felt puppet. They, they kind of make fun of themselves a lot. I love that. Yes. No, I love their humor. Self-aware. And even even having, uh, not Peter Sellers, uh, Peter Falk yeah. in there as a Columbo-style character yeah. who gets the thing entirely wrong. No, he's With his little bit. Uh, is kind of making fun of himself. Just one more thing. You oh, and your brother great. Bernie, you was getting into this laundry business. You sold all you had. I love Peter Falk. <laughs> He's one of my favorites. Peter Falk. Yes. I, I've been watching some Columbo. He's just one of my all-time favorite He's guys. He's great. He's great in almost anything he, yes, does. he does. Especially he, Princess Bride. Oh, come on. That now. was outstanding oh, yes. now. The uh, uh Murder She Wrote. Have you ever seen that? He popped up on Murder She Wrote? He and did I say Murder She Wrote? I meant to say uh You meant to say Columbo. Okay, No, 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 no. Uh I meant to say um oh there's a movie um Murder by Death. I seen I've seen bits of it with Peter he, Sellers. Uh, but, but he's in there too. They Peter probably Falk. couldn't show that on TV because Peter Sellers is oh, playing an Asian. Yeah, man. but Peter that Falk is great in there too. I, I got yeah, because it's supposed to be like a collection of different detectives yeah, from, all from the old the nineteen thirties and uh, which is perfect. Peter Falk is oh like, he's he's like hey hey I, I need to see that whole movie, but I doubt I could ever find it because that's now would be completely oh I you couldn't make that movie now no 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 but I have it somewhere but Ooh, what, cool. what, what what I love is uh, I'll look for it. Uh, but I love is at one point uh, see, this guy says something about being number one. He goes, "You look like number two. Oh, of course. <laughs> you know. Uh, but anyways, it was released by Universal Pictures and the Associated yes. Film Distribution on the 26th of June in the United States and on the 30th of June in the United Kingdom. And it's the only Muppets feature film directed by Henson. It was shot in the UK and in London in 1980 and released shortly after the final season of The Muppet Show. So we had Diana Rigg as Lady Holiday. Mm-hmm. Charles Grodin, as we mentioned, as Nikki Great. Holiday. Yeah. And uh, he falls in love with Miss Piggy and they have this really ridiculous ah, fantasy. I loved it, though. That was and I love the joke they make. You can't even see it. Your voice was dubbed. <laughs> I love that. Uh, then, of course, you got <laughs> Erica Freer's awesome. Marla, Kate Howard as Carla, and Della Finch as Darla, the three models who are also thieves in there with Nikki Holiday. And, ca- my goodness, cameos. John Cleese as Neville. Joan Sanderson, which I'm not familiar with, but that's Neville's wife. Oh, yeah. Uh, Jack Warden as the, which I recognize him, but I, you know, he's the, the Daily Chronicle thing. We mentioned Peter Falk as a tramp. Robert Morley as uh, as a gentleman by the pond, which he looks familiar, but I didn't recognize him. But Peter Ustinoff, I used to not recognize him, but I've been rewatching the Muppet Show on oh, Disney yeah. Plus, and there's a whole episode with Peter Ustinoff. I was like, there, Peter Ustinoff, yeah, the truck driver. Stuff, yeah. And I love that he he gets thrown out the truck, and uh, next to Oscar the Grouch, and Oscar the Grouch is like, yeah, well, I'm just here for a cameo, and Peter Ustinoff's like, yeah, so am I. <laughs> you know, it's just funny. Uh, Jim Henson is the guest at the at the club. Cool. Frank Oz is a Chronicle reporter. Awesome. Somewhere hidden in the back. I love Frank Oz. Uh, but you got uh, a lot of different people that I, you know, Richard Hunt as a, as a cab driver. Now, Richard Hunt, I think, was a Muppeteer. if I'm Because like Jerry Nelson is a Muppeteer and even a writer for The Muppet Show. And he's the man in the park with his daughter. Uh, Roger Ebert of the Chicago Sun-Times gave the film a two-star rating out of four, saying Henson and his associates haven't developed a screenplay that pays attention to the Muppet personalities and said they shipped them to England and dumped them in a base here at Caper Plot, treating them every bit as much like a formula as James Bond. Uh, Ebert, you're wrong, dude. Ebert usually was. Yeah. That I, movie I, is I, I don't mean that in disrespect to his memory, but the fact is, is uh, I was never usually agreed with, with him. Yeah. I did like the uh, uh, one time when uh, they were the movie Baby's Day Out came out, and uh, I was watching Siskel and Ebert, and Siskel liked it, and Roger Ebert was talking about all the peril that the baby gets into. That's yeah. comical, and uh, 
And and Ebert is just like, this should be like a warning of kids to get in there. And Gene Siskel says, yes, this is a warning. Don't let your kid go through this or they may become Roger Ebert. <laughs> and I thought, That's exactly it. Gene, well, here's Gene Siskel's review, actually. Gave it three out of four stars, particularly singing out Miss Piggy for her fabulous personality, genuine star quality. However, he felt the film suffers from a case of the we know we're cute so we can get away with anything disease. But that's what the Muppets are. They're they're that meta level of comedy. They know they're the goofy Muppets and they do the goofy, stupid vaudeville style humor. That's they're, part they're of their charm. absolutely ridiculous. Sometimes maybe too much at times, but at the same time, like. What that's is what, what, what are you what are you gonna do? I mean, it's the Muppets. It's, it's yeah. if you take it too seriously, you have to have fun with it. Yeah, uh, the film currently holds a seventy six approval rating based on twenty one reviews on Rotten Tomatoes with an average of six point four seven out of ten. The site's consensus says the Great Muppet Caper is overplotted and uneven, but the appealing presence of Kermit, Miss Piggy, and the gang ensure that this heist flick is always breezily watchable. Yeah, you don't watch this for the story; you watch it for the comedy fun. Yeah, it, it's like with uh. With really any Muppet movie, some are better than others. But the thing is, it's like you really can't watch it expecting, you know, Shakespeare. You just can't <laughs> right. do it. Yeah. This is actually the fifth highest grossing Muppet film behind the Muppets, sure. the Muppet movie, Muppets Most Wanted, and Muppet Treasure Island. But, oh, I got so many great memories of watching this movie. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a good show. Especially, like, over at uh, my Grandma Ellen's house. Because, like, Saturdays, we frequently go up there. They live in Excelsior Springs. Great Muppet Caper was fun frequently on Saturdays on HBO. And then the Muppet Show, we'd watch Saturday evenings on sure. syndication. That's how I got to watch the Muppet Show. Yeah. So, just... This intake of Muppets. That's also where I first watched, watched Dark Crystal was over there when it was on HBO. And, and it's Saturday technically, mornings, it's not Muppets, but it's in the 80s and Saturday mornings. Muppet babies. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I have a deep love for the Muppets. And I'm, I'm even though some of the stuff they do with the Muppets lately, it's just not it's not hitting its mark anymore. Uh, I'm still excited for the Muppets Haunted Mansion thing coming out this year. Good. Still, I, I still like it, but I, I, it's not. Of it's, course, it's, I'm older too, and yeah. so it's not it's that missing quite some hit. of the charm of the original yeah. cast. The older I get, I, I'm not quite into some of the stuff I was, but I still like the sentimentality there. Yeah, uh, oh yeah, there's a nostalgia, there's a sentimentality. And the Great Muppet Caper just hits all the right buttons for me. And yeah. uh, it's on Disney Plus if you have it. It's definitely if you've never seen it or your kids haven't seen it, sit and watch it together and just have a laugh. It is Good so much fun. fun, and it's got great little songs in there. Yep. I don't, I don't know if these songs were written. Uh, by um, Paul, Paul, Williams. Paul Williams or not? Let me look that up. I wonder if Might he's in here. Be. I know he did. The I didn't first see his one, name. Yeah, Paul, he did in the Christmas one. I mean, let's face it. Paul Williams' music is the Muppets. Oh, he's brilliant. I mean, he the songs he wrote were just perfect for that. I tell you what. Um, when I think of Paul Williams, right. I think of a couple things. I think of him as the Ping one. Yes, I, in the Batman I, animated the series. Batman series. I think of him these songs that he did, and he was on the first movie of the Muppets along with. Yeah, he had. And, that, he was playing the piano, and at the same time, he was also on Smokey and the Bandit. Yeah, yeah, he was great on there. He was so funny in that movie. <laughs> oh, okay, there we go. And it said, uh, "This is, I guess, another review." Somebody let the air out of the jokes and the originality, uh, and originality out of the melodies, which this time are by Joe Raposo. Now, I think the songs are great. Me too. Uh, now they're oh. saying lack of originality because the it's it's very much like a traditional musical with the musical numbers. They're very much old school musical. It might not be original, but they're great songs. They're fun, and it's it's not Paul Williams, but it's you know Joe Raposo. I remember I think did a great job. I remember one of the scenes that I don't remember if it got an award or not. I know that in the first one they were up for one, but they were for the the bike scene. And this one there was a whole bunch of bikes. This one they were running because in the first one people went nuts because of the bike scene where it's yeah Piggy you have one of them on a bicycle Kermit, yeah Miss Pig and Kermit. This one 
or it was Kermit was in the first one, and they were up for an yeah, award. And this one, yeah. it was Kermit and Miss Piggy together, and then everybody, everybody on a bike. And that was huge. There was so many of them on yeah. bikes, and that that took a lot of work. You know, that, computer that's stuff. Amazing amount of puppetry they did. Yeah, oh my goodness, they, they, the things they they came up with. They had to be on, themselves. They had to be on these lines where they were basically rolling on these lines and doing this puppetry. It was a lot of work. Yeah, and able to do those distance shots with like remote control puppetry stuff. Yeah. And you can tell the difference when there's not an actual hand in there. You can see yeah. it a little different in the movement. But, oh, it, it's so fantastic. Yeah. That's a great little song. Why couldn't we ride? Yeah. Yeah, they did a good job. Oh, that's a wonderful. I, I love this movie. I watched it already. Uh, I, I feel like I need to go watch it again. <laughs> yeah, now I'm going to want to. It is, it is a great, great, great movie. The original three Muppet films are fantastic. Yep. Between the Muppet movie, The Great Muppet Caper, and Muppets Take Manhattan. They're just fantastic. Uh, now, some of the other ones, you know, they're still pretty good. I still, you know, I have a little soft spot still for uh, Muppets from Space. Yep. I still like it. It's not a great film, no. but I still like it. And I do still really enjoy the Muppet Christmas Carol and mm -hmm. Muppet Treasure Island. Those are still great films, but there's just something about these first three that are just so yep. charming and have such a nostalgia for me that they're still my favorite of the Muppet yep. films. The the first three were all with the Jim Henson touch. Right. And then the, the fourth one was the Christmas one. And that one was the one. Where his son was involved, and, yeah, and Jim Henson had passed away, and it was still Disney. Yeah, D Disney. That's when Disney had been yeah distributing. Yeah, that one was Disney, so, the first Disney right. touch. Yeah, as was the Treasure, the Treasure Island, which I love the Treasure Island one with Tim Curry, and I love that song, Cabin Fever. <sighs> yeah, that one was good that. too. And but after that, they went away for a little while from yeah. from Disney, and uh, and they were okay. They just weren't as yeah. to me as good, but still. Yeah, was, Hulk Hogan was in that one. The oh yeah, the Muppets from Space. Hey, he, what he, you gonna do? I'm a bad guy. I'm now. Bad guy now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, Muppet films have just been a great part of my life, yeah, and uh, Great Muppet Caper is definitely a big part of 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 my nostalgia. But uh, that's gonna wrap it up for us. Uh, we of course got a, cool, a couple of good movies to recommend for you. We hope also whenever you're this, uh, whenever I get this release, it's gonna be around a Fourth of July holiday. We hope you either have had or have a wonderful Fourth of July Independence Day holiday. If you're here in the states, and if you're outside of the states, well, you know what? Shoot off some fireworks just just for the heck of it because it's fun. But of course, we do want to remind everybody uh, to go and visit my podcast reviews. You know what? I haven't looked at a, a review here. My podcast reviews, it's a great, it's not very expensive at all. Um, it's been a great way for me. If you happen to be a podcaster, you can collect your reviews from all over anywhere that people leave a review. And I've actually been able to post these to the front page of my website. Let me just look up the thing. Uh, awesome show. It says Neverland to Disney and Beyond reviews. Oh, wait a minute. I got to click a thing in here. Uh, love the nostalgia. Of course, they misspelled awesome on there. <laughs> awesome show. Love the nostalgia. But I get all my reviews from my podcast reviews. We want to thank them for uh, being an, an affiliate thing. In fact, if you go to NeverlandPodcast.com, click on I got a little uh, banner here from my podcast reviews right above all of the reviews. You can go and get it, get it yourself. And I get a little bit of a kickback, which does help pay for the show. Remember, of course, we do have a Patreon page. Patreon. Uh, dot com slash neverland podcast if you can become a patron that would be wonderful and help support the show i need all the help i can get to keep paying the bills around here and also there is a link to click uh, you can leave a review please do that on my podcast reviews uh the link is right there at neverlandpodcast.com right in the middle of the front page also a big special thank yous to karen kennedy ricky pope of christian nerds unite and darren wilhite of the will height and wall show for the voices you hear at the beginning of the show remember to keep a pixie in your pockets and also, 
get lost in an adventure. And we'll see you next time.